Hello and welcome to Talk to Me. My name is Heather. And I'm Kathleen. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been drinking. Yeah, this and is this is our recording. second recording. <laughs> it's already midnight. Okay. And this week we are covering Worst Roommate Ever on Netflix. More specifically, episode two. Although episode one is like amazing that's that's it's a very yeah it's a very big case like we've all heard of it i told you it was on that like murder house makeover show (laughs) yeah that's old hack um when i sent you the link to the like was it died in houses or something like that um so this series is not to be confused with fear thy roommate on investigation discovery I love that show. I binged that one. Uh, this ser- series is brand new. It dropped on Netflix March 1st of this year and was produced by Blumhouse Productions, which I thought was odd. I don't that know how weird. I feel about a company company mostly known for horror covering true crime. I mean, tomato, tomato. <laughs> Paranormal activity. Worst roommate ever. Same thing. Yeah. I mean, um, we're all haunted by it. <laughs> god damn it so this episode we're covering is titled be careful of the quiet ones which yeah would be me (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it starts off with the 911 call between a woman in orange police department in california she i felt like the 911 dispatcher was like way too cash (laughs) she sounds really calm just giving a report about her roommate acting weird and then she starts sobbing and title (laughs) card I like how the 911 dispatcher is like, why are you crying? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm calling 911, so there's a reason. Like, yeah. We roll straight into a new segment for a missing woman, Army veteran and Orange County student, Maribel Ramos. The cops are trying to make it sound like this sleepy little town, but the most recent census lists the population just shy of 140,000. Which is not a small town. And they have a David Buster, so... Let's just chill on the small town bullshit. <laughs> the news even interviews her roommate, who is this middle-aged Asian dude, and I didn't really pay attention to that interview the first time, but it's kind of important later. We'll get into that. May 3rd, 2013, the cops hear about this missing person case and immediately start interviewing friends and family, and one of the cops says something odd. Everybody that we spoke to had alibis or could not have been involved in this case. Except her roommate. Like, having an alibi? Like, that doesn't make sense. They couldn't have been involved. Wouldn't that be an alibi? Um, the only person they can't definitively rule out is her roommate, Quang Chol Joy, or Casey, as they call him. So, Maribel seemed to be this truly nice woman, just very sweet. She was born on November 22nd. 1976 and had the bad fortune of joining the army just a few months before 9-11 so needless to say she was gone for 18 months in iraq and it wasn't just like her hanging out like she was no legit i don't think it was zone. anything like Polly shore and andy dick no like for the sh- youth out there that's a reference to 1994's in the army now that was basically the same concept <laughs> they joined for like some quick cash and war started like right then she's definitely a tough girl after she comes back from her second tour she decides not to re-enlist and instead intends to go to school to get her bachelor's degree in criminal justice she She always wanted to be a cop she did like security a lot and 
So she moves with her mom to Orange, California, and got an apartment and transferred to Cal State Fullerton. Her mom soon after gets sick and passes away in 2009, so Maribel asks one of her sisters to move in to help with the rent. Her sister has to decline because she has a daughter already in school, and that's hard to make a kid just move. Yeah, like it just, once you're established, it's kind of... But she tells him, you know, if you can't find a roommate, we'll move in. And so Maribel turns to Craigslist to try and find a roommate, which Which is terrifying. I just think of the Craigslist killer. (laughs) She gets a reply from Casey. Misconnections. Oh, God. (laughs) Who is a single Korean guy from Knoxville, Tennessee, just looking for a simple place to live with his little 10-pound Yorkie. He's applying for a job nearby, so just let him know if he could stop by to see the apartment when he's in town. Sounds am I the no only red one flags. That, yeah, but am I the only one that's, like, a female and, like, I would never want to have, like, some dude as my roommate? But also, I would never want a woman because I think of single, single white female. Yeah. So, I basically, I'm afraid of everyone. Well, yeah. So, there's no red flags screaming other than you're finding a stranger on Craigslist. Which is a huge red flag. The one thing about the series I like is when it goes into art mode, we'll say. I love that. It reminded me of Tower. Tower, yeah, with the rotoscoping. Yeah, it was really creative. I enjoyed it. So Fear Thy Roommate has cheesy reenactments, and the series has cartoons. So pick your poison on which one. Maribel agrees to meet him, and he tells her about how he's never had a wife or children, doesn't have any family, which that's kind of questionable. Yeah, like red flags. Yeah. But it means he won't be having visitors showing up all the time and bothering Maribel when she's trying to get her studying done. Which is great because she's almost done with school, so she doesn't really need any distractions. And this is when her sister says, My mom was right. She said be careful of the quiet ones. One, absolutely. Two, she said the name of the episode. Go ahead and drink. I don't have any drink because I'm already intoxicated. (laughs) KC moves in and everything seems to be going fine. A couple of months go by and Maribel notices that Casey is always home, doesn't go out to hang out with friends, which has to kind of suck because she must want some alone time, like, in the apartment. Yeah, like, he's can you leave, please? Fuck, I say that to, like, my own fucking family. (laughs) Can you get out more? Yeah, but at least you have it upstairs. Like, just go upstairs. No, but that's a children's area. (laughs) I don't like to go out there because then I have to, like, look at it. <laughs> and Maribel is such a sweet person that she invites Casey to go out with, to hang out with her family and, like, eat dinner with them. Uh, it's a very tight-knit family, so it seems like there's a lot of family parties. Yeah, which is not a smart truth. Like, I would hate that. So spending time, spending this much time around her family and hanging out with her at parties, Casey and Maribel are able to get to know each other better. It's easier to talk to a stranger, like, when you're in a social setting. I feel like there's less... I mean, maybe if you're drunk. (laughs) Or is that just me? Yes. So now they become friends, they go to dog parks together, there's more family parties, and just the friendly, like, I'm going to the store, do you need me to pick up anything for you? We shoot forward to May 4th, 2013. After Mary, hours after Mary Bell is reported missing, they decide to bring Casey in for questioning. He's the last person reporting to have seen Mary Bell, so of course he's pushed to the front of the line of yeah, I mean, people we need to talk to. If you're the last person, you're pretty suspicious. 
He says the last time he saw her was about 9 p.m. And then he immediately reaches for a bottle of water, which seemed weird to me. Like, he's got to have, like, something to hold or it was just, it was a weird, quick reaction. He says he sees her at 9 p.m. He leaves for an hour and when he comes back, she's gone. And the cops are like, okay, well, where did you go for an hour at 9 o'clock at night? And he's like, I just drove around. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? These are not driving around gas prices. <laughs> Especially in California. Seriously. Like, what are you, fucking bankrolling? So, yeah, not at all the most suspicious thing ever. Also, in this interview, like, he's wearing Jackson. sandals. Oh. <laughs> he's wearing sandals, but, like, he, there's a lot of times you'll see him where it's just bare feet. Ugh. Like, you're way too casual. Put some like, fucking shoes on. a little bit this of is, dignity. This is a myrtle. <laughs> a myrtle? <laughs> this is a myrtle. Not a myrtle. This is a fucking murderer. Yes. Well, we don't know that yet, but your roommate is missing. Put some goddamn shoes on. So, yeah, shady fucking story, but what can you do to prove it's false? Her sister tells us to sort... God. Her sister We've been drinking. <laughs> her sister tells us a story where the summer before Maribel went missing, Casey calls the sister and says, I know Maribel wants to settle down and have kids, and I want to be the man she marries. Gag. Ew, you're her roommate. You're much older than her, and she clearly does not feel that way about you. And she had a boyfriend at the time she went missing. Yeah, like, don't make this weird. But yeah, he's in love with her, and... They could have a great relationship, and Blech. her sister just totally cock blocks him. She's just like, that's not fucking going to happen. Yeah, the sister calls Maribel to let her know what's up, and to just kind of warn her that maybe this living situation isn't ideal. Casey tells Maribel that everything's fine. He just has a crush on her, but he understands that a relationship between them just wouldn't work. And then he comes home with a giant tattoo of a Bengal tiger on his arm just because she said he would look cool with the tattoo. I'm like, all right, you're trying way too hard, bro. He starts dressing more hip and going out and then getting some pretty major face work done to look younger to the tune of over $10,000. And honestly, I couldn't tell a difference. Same. I was like, he had worked on He looks exactly the same. Wasn't a very good surgeon. The cops discover the 911 call that was placed 12 days before her disappearance. It's basically her letting them know that at the end of the month, her roommate is supposed to be moving out. But he recently said some things to her that made her feel uncomfortable. And at first, the conversation, she she sounds like she's just really annoyed, annoyed with the situation. Yeah. And then just out of nowhere, she breaks down. She's why are you crying? Yeah. Like, bitch, why the fuck do you think I'm crying? Uh, apparently, AKC had just stopped paying rent. So Maribel was like, you gotta go. You're a grown-ass man, and you're just gonna throw a hissy fit because she doesn't want a romantic relationship with you. He's Isn't he, like, in his 50s? Yeah, he's, like, too old for this shit. Yeah, like, that's too old to be acting that way. The cops are sent out to the apartment just to make sure everything is okay, and Maribel doesn't want to make a report. She just wanted the situation on record because she was worried that she may have to hurt him in self-defense. God, if only. <laughs> I know. May 2nd, around 8.30 p.m., there's footage of Maribel dropping off the rent check. And according to Casey, that's when she went home afterwards. They got into an argument about him moving out. To the point that she called her boyfriend on speakerphone to tell Casey he needed to get the fuck out. 
Casey then says she went off to her room and then he left to take that drive. The next day, Casey texts Maribel's sister, letting her know about the disappearance and that the police won't let him file a report because it hasn't been 24 hours. The sister just assumes Maribel's fine and Casey's just trying to like trick her into revealing Maribel's location. Yeah, she's just like, mind your own business. It's yeah. Not, you don't need to know where she is. She does not suspect anything is wrong. She's just thinking Casey's being weird, but she goes ahead and shoots her sister a sort of like, what's up? Text message. Just check it in. She knows Maribel's probably busy, but just touch and base. And she just doesn't give it a second thought until later that evening when a cousin calls and says, don't worry, but Maribel didn't show up to the family softball game. Which, like, could you imagine if we had, like, the kind of family that had, like, softball yeah, we games? Who are these big-ass families? Just Like, my kids haven't seen my family in, like, two years. <laughs> So now it's time to freak out and call the police. Maribel's car is still in the garage. Her bedroom light is still on, which that would piss me off. You're wasting electricity. Do you think that we're fucking made of money? Yeah. But no one's answering the door. No one can get a hold of KC. So the police decide to make entry into the apartment. And where's KC at? Just sitting across the street in his car watching everything with binoculars and just annoying like, his phone. What the fuck? Fucking creep. He's so fucking weird. And after an hour, he just gets out of his car, strolls up to the officers. Just very casual. He's so suspicious. So cops obviously have some questions for this dude. Like, and why that's are you how we get to us? this interview. Yeah. It's one of the most bizarre police interviews I've seen. Like, we've seen little clips of him up to this point, and he's had a little bit of an accent. Like, that interview at the very beginning of the inter- the uh, the television interview at the very beginning. Yeah. Just sounds like a guy with a little bit of an Asian accent, but yeah, you understand it's just, everything he's saying. Yeah, it's just like a really, like, minor. Yeah. And now there's this heavy, heavy accent. It is like English is a second language for him. Hardcore. Yes. yes. Like doing the stereotypical thing of L's being pronounced as R's and it doesn't made me, know words. And... It made me think of like if you ever watched Kim Convenience or Kim's Convenience when yeah. like when Janet pretends to be like like super hardcore. Yes. Like and she's like trying to sneak in and she's just like and like her mom's like is that how i really sound to you like <laughs> it sounds like he's only been america for a handful of years yeah versus and, like him having lived here for fucking ever and the cops are struggling to understand him because the accent is so heavy and he's also just like rambling in this broken english and you just go back to that television interview at the beginning of the show and it's it's a totally different like, guy did you hate your head to the point, I was like, am I racist? Is this the <laughs> same guy or not? Like, Is this the same man? I'm like, yeah, it has to be because the cry on set, it was the roommate. So, yeah, it's got to be the same guy. So the cops find out afterwards that Casey has been living in the States since he was a kid. And he's in his fucking 50s now. So the whole heavy accent thing is an act. Like, this dude pulled a Hilaria Baldwin. <laughs> Uh, how do you say in English? Cucumber? Like, <laughs> bitch, you're born in Boston. God. 
So yeah, he's trying to fool them with this accent to make it seem like he's just this simple, nice man who's just so confused by everything. So of course, once the police find out that's not how this dude talks, like they're even more suspicious of him because, duh. Why are you putting on an accent? (laughs) They also notice some pretty nasty scratches all over his arm, but they're not from killing a woman. Don't be stupid. No, it's from, like, sticking his arms in bushes? He's trying to take fishing lines out of some thorny bushes. It's dumber (laughs) than you thought it was. He tells the cops where to find these bushes, and sure enough, his story's plausible. It's like, okay, because he knows where some fucking thorny bushes are. (laughs) Um, Online message boards start popping up and Facebook pages, and Casey's leaving comments on them talking about Maribel, but suspiciously is talking about her in past tense which people picked up on like very quickly oh that's always like the first thing i noticed the biggest red flag yeah the police start to look into his background he left tennessee because he lost his job lost both his parents got into a huge fight with his sister over the inheritance and so he just like ran away to california and according to his sister he's got quite the temper on him such a temper she has a restraining order on her own brother Which is not something you want to find out. No, the police put a surveillance team on him, and it pays off. Big time. So the cops have taken his phone and computer and all that, so he goes to the library because they have public computers and laptops. And so the police are able to remotely access these computers in the building. This is like the most, like, I was just like, what are you doing? First off, he's using ask.com. <laughs> Which is like the worst. What year is it? And he's searching. Oh, man, these are rough. Does the cell phone have to has to be turned on to track its location? Let me do that again. <laughs> Does the cell phone has to be turned on to track its location? What is the probability of finding a missing person? How long does it take a body to decay? So, you know, some weird shit. It's very fucking suspicious shit. still not a crime. Another day he returns to the library and again they're watching his every move. Which is like, I'm just like sitting there. I was the whole time I was like, God, this is so embarrassing. You're like. It could have been worse. I don't see how. He reads some info on an awareness walk organized by Maribel's sister. He searches for the location of where they're going to meet up for the walk on Google Maps. And he sorts of, sort of zooms in on a location like nearby to the trail, specifically on a tree. He just like zooms in on it. And then he deletes the browsing history. Not at all suspicious. The whole time, it's just like, what are you doing? The whole time, cops are watching all this happen. So they immediately send someone out to check this location. And within half an hour, they find her body. I just, worst criminal ever. So dumb. You don't fucking search the body dump site. He zooms in close on the location. On that tree. And then just deletes the history, walks away. Nothing happened. On a public computer. (laughs) When he's a suspect. Fuck. The cops go over and arrest KC, and he tries escaping out a window, which, of course, the surveillance team sees, and they're able to catch him just easy peasy. Because he's, like, 50. <laughs> trying yeah, to climb out, out a window. 
And you know, it's an apartment, so the window's like really hard to get up because it's been like painted over so many times. <laughs> but as they're putting handcuffs on him, he remarks, You better have some good evidence. Sir, you're the one who ran. <laughs> and also, you fucking like Google Maps the fucking <laughs> dump site. Like, it's not solid evidence, but it's certainly something jury's gonna consider. The assumption is he attacked her while she was sleeping. Her bed was left unmade, which she doesn't do. She has a military background, so yeah, don't just she, leave the bed unmade. She would have made the bed. And he's not going to be able to get the drop on her unless she's sleeping. Which, I felt like during that 911 call, she was basically saying, like, I don't trust him. I'm going to have to, like, lock my door. And Yeah, so, she like, said she was going to lock her door. She was calling to warn them that she may have to hurt him. Right. And so I, I wonder, like, he must have, like, picked the lock or something. Yeah, he had because... to. Because she was on such high alert already. Yeah. And like you said, like, I mean, she had, like, military background. She wanted to be in, like, the police and all this. Yeah. Like. <sighs> so she's got to be a tough broad. You're yeah. not just going to be able to just take her down. Um. So, yeah, he had to have waited till she was asleep to get through that locked door and like, he had to have just, like, planned this. Uh, May 17th, 2013, Casey Joy is charged with the murder of Maribel Ramos. And on July 29th of next year, he's found guilty of second-degree murder and sentenced to 15 years to life in prison. And he's up for parole either this year or next. I saw <laughs> conflicting reports. He's still maintaining his innocence, so he's not getting out you do not google search the fucking <laughs> body dump site you unless you happen know where the body is yeah, you just happen to guess that in the entire state of california like that's insane so yeah the body was too decayed to be able to do an autopsy on it so don't know for sure how she died his defense was she either killed herself or suffered a medical condition and he freaked out and hid the body. Which is it? Did he hide the body or did she, like, kill herself near that tree and, like, just leave her body out there? He had to have taken her out there, but why? I'm like, no. <laughs> and the prosecution is stuck on that unrequited love angle, but he wasn't paying his share. She was kicking him out. And she just happened to die right after dropping off that rent check. I thought that was a little suspicious. Fucking liar. I mean, they had been having fights for, like, off and on for weeks. And he decides to kill her after she pays off that apartment for the month. Like, I felt like that would at least buy him a month's time. But yeah, I thought this case was really interesting with the, you know changing the accents the binoculars and even the cops spying on his internet searches in the real internet time. searches like just really got me <laughs> <laughs> just ask.com like what are you doing how long for a body to decay <laughs> like that's not suspicious when your roommates yeah. gone missing so there was lots of shows that have covered this case and yet i hadn't heard of it yeah i don't think it had come up for me i knew the first one with the the boarding room yeah granny was, uh... it's a very well-known case um but I, I hadn't heard of this one and i hadn't heard of any of the other ones actually see i only got to like half of the third one i was like this one is just very slow the third one like was weird 
I gotta push my the way fourth to one. It. Well, the fourth and fifth are a two parter. Yeah, and that one's weird too. So I would fit. I would say like the only it's just like the first and second one. That's yeah. Like also like the first and second one are the only ones that really involve any kind of murder. <laughs> Which I mean, not that that's like the only like thing that like pushes me to watch something but But if you're gonna be the worst roommate ever you got i just want to say that like my worst roommate ever doesn't wipe their ass when they take a shit and they don't (laughs) flush so i mean they're also yeah but you married him (laughs) (laughs) no it's obviously the small child it's the small child uh so yeah a couple of the shows uh see no evil web of lies neither one no see no evil i've seen before web lies i haven't and there's even a three-part dateline that's intense three-parters yeah that's crazy but yeah this was kind of a quick episode i just thought it was interesting yeah like mostly... i think it's the binoculars and the fake accent and the google just... search or well ask search <laughs> give it up a lot of credit just fucking ass.com <laughs> some bullshit but he's in a public library he could have been like jerking off like that's usually the issues they have how long body decay <laughs> yeah it was so bad also like creeping on the memorial pages on like facebook and stuff like making comments so yeah do background check before you start living with complete strangers absolutely like background checks don't just like find someone off craigslist rent but you could afford ten thousand dollars and surgeries that makes you look the exact same yes you look like greasier (laughs) that was about it (laughs) but i mean that could have just been piss poor lighting he was just sweating because you know he knows that he killed someone (laughs) so yeah hopefully we'll be back next week he may jump out a window in prison come after us so <laughs> that would be so much fun i heard he was writing a book but i can't imagine that i hope he does it in his like what is it oh that broken english english yeah <laughs> that'll be great maybe he'll dedicate it to us god no <laughs> all right bye baby Thank you for listening to Talk to Me. The opening music is by Twisterium. For comments or suggestions, we can be reached by email at talktomepod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at talktomepod and find a link to our Facebook group in the show notes. Thank you.